when I walked up, as I was walking up to the apartment, the first thing I hear is dun, 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 flash. Hello, I am your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations, episode 55. Brought to you by AcmeScience.com. On today's episode, I finally give in and just talk about graph theory. We talk about everything from bridges in Prussia to flows on networks. And I also get a bit confused as to what a forest really is. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, the mathematical podcast that, well, let's face it, is just better than all the other mathematical podcasts. Now, I do actually have a short announcement I'm going to make before I uh, bring in my guest to this discussion, and that is coming up on Wednesday, November 17th, you have a chance to check me out live at the University of Greenwich for a recording of the Math Maths podcast with Peter Rowlett out in the UK. Now, what I'm going to do for you is I put together a couple of, in, of promotional materials for this, and just so you can get a full feel of what this amazing opportunity will be like, I'll put one in right here for you to listen to. At 1 o'clock, November 17th, 2010, University of Greenwich, Queen Anne 180, a fight that will go down in the mathematical ages. David Willits, who's um, science minister, said in a speech that what gets kids excited is um, dinosaurs in space. And this attracted a bit of attention on, on Twitter with David Willits and his space dinosaurs. Peter's on his way up, Samuel on his way down. I guess. I, I, don't, I don't know. You've been talking about the new Labour Party leader for like five minutes. I've kind of zoned out. If you're good at talking about math, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the game. Unless you're real old, like 40. The only man to have ever been on three mathematical podcasts at one time. You are listening to Strongly Connected Components. Combinations and permutations. Math, maths, 5,136 miles of mathematics. The most prolific mathematical podcaster in history, Samuel Hansen, takes on the upstart mathematical maven. When you search about mathematics, you get an awful lot of odd stuff that's not necessarily relevant. The one that everyone expects to shatter all of his records, Peter Rowlett. People think Samuel has lost a step, but he has the experience and the skills. Peter stands no chance. From Gower's write-up, it did sound, it's not quite a bow tie, it's not quite a scarf. I'm not entirely sure what the name of that piece of neckwear is. <laughs> These two are the best I've ever seen. Both complete professionals, but it is clearly time for a changing of the guard. 
you've stopped talking <laughs> and I've stopped listening to you, sorry. <laughs> Peter's on the rise, clearly gunning for that top spot. Can the grizzled veteran from the United States withstand the onslaught from the young English wrecking ball? This is a fight that's going to have to be seen to be believed. Be there at University of Greenwich, Queen Anne 180. One o'clock, November the 17th. No matter who comes out holding his hands high, you will want to be able to say you were there. This fight is going to be talked about forever. Now wasn't that just fucking amazing? I mean, really, absolutely fucking amazing. But even more amazing is this panel of guests I bring to you today. We have the official beard of combinations and permutations, Mr. Cody Palmer's beard. Dude, I'm jealous. And I, I need a beard just like that. And and I, I always <laughs> Oh, and Cody Palmer is here too. <laughs> yes. yes. Really? Although I suppose one could say that upon observing me, it is possible that my beard is speaking and not me, since my beard and face are so connected, naturally. And next up, we have the voice that cut in before he was introduced, and therefore I've revoked all superhero privileges from him today, Mr. Anthony Solari. I have to, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm still working on those superpowers. I'm, I'm going to get them back well, one you day. Well, you, you pass your quals, right? Yeah, but I don't have my so, doctorate yet. I'm yeah, thinking, okay. that, I'm thinking is, that's is when that I, where it's going to come in? I'm thinking that's it's where they're coming in. doctorate that comes in. Yeah. Okay, and finally, I have a new guest. <laughs> Apparently, he's shocked that he has not been on the show before. Whoa, he's here? <laughs> and that is... I wish I had something uh, something good to go here, but I just don't because he blows my mind, Mr. Stephen Fisher. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank I don't you know what much. else to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You make it's it my joke. first time. Yeah, you say something inappropriate. You <laughs> swear. You shook up. do something. Mm-hmm. Or just saying. Do you swear, right? You swear from time Hell to time? Hell no. Okay. Good. I was, I was afraid because I'm... I'm I know two of the people here are anti-swearers. <gasps> who? Well, the two people who have sworn. <laughs> Cody's beard and me. Yes. <laughs> okay. And so here on Combinations and Permutations, what we do, as is our want, various other things that mean the exact same statement as what I'm about to say. I can't think of any, any other ones. Thankfully. I, I just got nothing else. Uh, we discuss mathematical topics. We pick one topic, usually, and we wax lyrical about its amazing properties. Really? I thought we usually... Okay, we, we make pick... fucking jokes and go tangential. <laughs> Shut up! Yeah, okay, that was about to say. <laughs> but it's so frustrated with it. Why am I even doing this? I've but... honestly been thinking I should just fucking quit. Isn't, isn't going tangential a mathematical thing to begin with? Oh, yeah, uh, it's like the derivative of the... Just go ahead. Go. Just <laughs> run me off the road. A line, a line on the surface, you know. Yeah. Take the derivative. That must be a tangent. I believe it's line. actually technically uh, opposite over adjacent. I got that right, right? Yeah, I got that right. Or is it the other way? I can't remember. It's sine uh, over cosine. Sine over cosine. Oh, that tangent. I was slow to get it. Because <laughs> ah. <laughs> you're dumb. Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> and we move on. Hence the revoke of superpowers. Ah. No, no, no. That's actually a joke that goes all the way back to the first episode. Ah. That, what was my super... My superpower was By proving... By the power of Grayskull! Grayskull! That was how I, I proved things. That's all he had to say. And he, it, it proved a theorem. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that was... Yeah. Yes. 
I should have used that on Tarski. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Things would have so, gone smoother. So we've been, we've been dancing around this topic for quite a long time, actually. Uh, I've been putting it off because it makes me uncomfortable to talk about it. Because I'm actually qualified to talk about this topic. And uh, that kind of throws me for a loop because generally all I do is talk from Wikipedia. So, Cody, that means we're finally, finally going to cover what? Um, graph theory. You are correct, sir. So what is graph theory? <laughs> I know I'm qualified, <laughs> uh, but, but we're not, we're not going to do that. We're not going to have me talk about anything. I'm just going to ask you guys questions the entire time. Uh, okay. Okay. What is, what okay, is... you're taking too long. All right. Steve, excellent. what's graph theory? Nope. Anthony? Okay. Nope. No, no, none of you guys seem to know. Okay. Someone, someone <laughs> give, it, give me the definition. Give me a definition. It's really hard to pin down a solid definition for it. I don't know. I was thinking it was a study of you have a bunch of vertices, you have edges, which are um, any line connecting the two vertices and just studies of what to do with those things, I guess. <laughs> you, you almost had the Roughly. same definition that I, that I <laughs> use when someone asks me what it is. The first thing I always say is, I mean, because when I tell people, oh, no, my research is in graph theory, all their eyes light up because they're like, just saying, I know something about graphs. Graph and then the first thing I tell them is not the graphs you're thinking of. Hmm. This is, has nothing to do with parabolas. And then I generally just state it's kind of the theory of connections. Mm -hmm. yeah. that, that seems like that, a pretty solid pretty good. definition. I mean, because, yes, you have vertices, you have edges. And so I'll, I'll actually define what a graph is. A graph is an abstract object uh, where you have a set of uh, vertices and a set of edges connecting those vertices. And then the graph itself is, the draw, is a drawing that expresses the connections between all the vertices using the edges. I tend to think of it as a game of connect the dots gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually yeah, pretty it's, close. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just doesn't have to be linear. It'd be all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> and, and so most of the areas of actual research in graph theory has a lot more to do with the connections between those and what you can either model using those connections as the first story, which is a story I'm sure we've told before. Actually, I know we have, uh, but I will tell again on this episode. And uh, either what you can model using those or uh, what sort of things you can get given the connections that exist. Mm -hmm. So like with labelings would be something that would go on that. You very rarely model a real world thing and then label it. <laughs> You generally already have a labeling mm. for a certain type of graph. Notice that a graph closely Exists. fits to that, and then you can use that labeling if you want to, say, equalize electric charges along a grid. Yeah. Okay, but so anyone, anyone willing to guess what I'm first going to talk about when I talk about graph theory? Hmm. Is it, what is that one? Rich problem. Oh, oh we got we go. a winner. Uh, how about we start with the start? Uh, now, we have talked about this. At least once, possibly 35 times. <laughs> uh, because we did have an episode on Euler. So oh, okay. clearly yeah. we talked mm -hmm. about this. So uh, the Kenigsberg bridge problem, what is it? Like, does anyone else know anything about this? Or do you want me to talk about it? I do remember there was something to do with there's five paths or two. There were seven bridges. Was there only seven? Uh, was, I thought there was five. I, no, I, seven bridges. Only seven. seven? You thought there was five? No. Wouldn't I said, <laughs> was there seven? I thought there was oh, five. Yeah, yeah. No, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, that's what I meant to say. Okay. I think what the number you might be thinking of is four, which is the number of land masses. 
That could be. Yeah, there's uh, two so, islands and two yeah. edges of the river. Yeah, yeah. There's two yeah, there's two islands that are created by the flows of water, and then there's the two areas of the mainland on either side of the water. And those were connected with five bridges. Seven bridges. Seven you bridges. you got me screwed up now. <laughs> so yes, th so they're connected by seven bridges, and this is all the way back in uh 1735 in Prussia. Yeah, and it became a hobby of the people of the city to try to figure out if there was a way to cross all of those bridges exactly once. It was a sad time. It, yeah, I guess people had a lot of... No, no video games. That's how sounds, sad. That sounds kind of fun to me. Yeah, if exactly. If I lived I in mean, a city with bridges, I would totally just wander around and walk over the yeah, bridges. Yeah, exactly. Wandering around water features. Probably was a good time on Saturday night. Well, I, no, yeah, I'm, yeah, walk with your well, wife I mean, or girlfriend I mean, like, or whatever. It would be, it would be good. Or boyfriend. We uh, might have females or gay okay. men listening. Significant other. Yes. <laughs> Significant other. I Perhaps can, your I dog. Can, Perhaps I... you really like fucking your dog. All wow. right. How, how long are we in? I went to peace. <laughs> I was about to say girls. Really? I was about to Four, say girls don't do minutes? math. No, no, no. Not 18 minutes. Uh, it's actually going to be about 10. 10 minutes. Ten, and we're already at bestiality. I was about to make hey, a comment that well, girls remember, don't do remember math. Remember in those first few... I'll avoid oh, it. Oh, I'll so, avoid that so one. So <laughs> about 19 minutes before overt sexism. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to make these comments. <laughs> it's like required on this show. No, it's not. It's not? The, the, the I, sex I'm, comments, yes, but not the not the Not sexism. the sexist. Wait, oh, I, 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 I get the list of prerequisites before Yeah, I'm a, I must have read the sex part and just assumed there was <laughs> yeah. an ist at the wait, end. Wait, wait, wait. What, what, what kind of... <laughs> What kind of show is it where bestiality is okay but sexism isn't? I, I mean, I don't... Combinations and permutations <laughs> and anything else on acmescience.com. I see. <laughs> okay, uh, so why would He's people want to walk over a bunch of bridges? Uh, this, this sounds like something that you might like think about as a... Um, like as you're as you're walking around during your daily business, but like you wake up in the morning and be like, hmm, I'm going to try to walk through the bridges without walking over the same okay, bridges. Okay, one, twice. one, you've only ever been in the U.S., right? You haven't taken any trips to Europe. True. Okay, I, I, I don't mean this in a in a put down any you know sort of way. People in but, America don't walk that much. Yeah, we don't walk much, and our cities are not set up for walking. Mm. Whereas Kenigsburg, Prussia, 1735. Is going to be a walking heavy sort of area. True. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, I remember this summer when I was in Barcelona. I mean, you. Everyone just. I mean, you. You. If you had yeah, to go you, across town, you use you the are. tube. But if you had to, you know, go anywhere within like two miles of where you are, you just walk. That's what I used to do in London all the time. Yeah, and it's, they're just. It's almost as fast as driving half the time. Oh, a lot of times it's faster than driving yeah. if you're close enough. Yeah. Uh, okay, and so what did Euler prove about these bridges? Uh, he proved that you can't do it, I think. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> uh, and it turns out because, and, and this is one of those wonderful proofs that I can actually explain on air and it will make sense to people. So at this, the way it ends up connecting is you have four vertices. One of them has uh, five edges connected to it and the other three all have three edges connected to it. Now, if you think of how one of these walks would have to take, and this I'm going to define what is uh, referred to as an Eulerian path right now, and that is a path along the edges of a graph such that you uh, traverse each edge exactly one time. 
So if you think of that, you start at one that vertex. You take the bridge once. Yeah. So you start at one vertex and you travel from that vertex to another. That means that that first vertex you had has one note or one edge currently. Mm -hmm. And now every other uh, vertex that you visit is going to have, uh, and this is given that an Eulerian path exists, it's going to have degree that's some multiple of two because you're going to travel into that vertex and then and you're going to travel out of, of that vertex. vertex. Mm -hmm. So that means that you now have two edges connected to that vertex. And this is going to be true. This has to be true. Everything has to have two for you to travel up until the one that you end on. Mm -hmm. That one could have an odd degree. So essentially the first one can have an odd degree because you leave it one time without getting to it. And the last one can have an odd degree because you get to it and you don't leave it. But all the rest of them but have to all be the even. rest of them have to have even degrees. So any any graph that's the word I'm looking for somehow I managed to forget <laughs> in the graph theory <laughs> episode. episode. <laughs> uh, so every single uh, vertex has to have a even degree except except for the possibility of at most two. So if any mm, more than two one. vertices have odd degree, there is no Eulerian path. And that one had five, three, three, and three, which is four odd numbers rather than just two. So therefore, you can't do it. So I guess there were a lot of merchants and walkers that were quite disappointed that they couldn't do it. I, I would imagine that people were uh, not super happy, but also not incredibly upset. I mean, it's not like they all of a sudden couldn't get places. Euler didn't prove that you can't end up back in the same place. But if you burn your bridge, now you can't do it anymore. <laughs> now you just go to the next bridge. <laughs> you go to the next bridge. and Yeah, but see, you can't go through all of them. Oh, true. Yeah. Because you have a burnt one. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so I guess I mean, what we're trying to say is, so we might not be able to travel on these bridges and travel each bridge exactly once. But what about a path that visits each vertex exactly once? Because this is the other kind of... You learn two mm. things when you first learn graph theory. Eulerian paths yeah. and... Hamiltonians. Hamiltonian paths. Hamiltonian paths are paths that visit each vertex exactly, exactly once. once. They do not have to travel on all edges. Yes, Steve? No, I was just thinking in my head. Oh. Whether or He's not this was trying a Hamil to figure out the path. Now... <laughs> <laughs> now it's a uh, whole visualization that throws me off, though. Unlike Eulerian paths... Yeah, you can do that one. Uh, yes, yes. In this <laughs> case, it's, it's quite easy. Uh, there's a, a, a subgraph. A subgraph is the same thing as a subset. You're just... You're deleting some... You're, uh, deleting edges and vertices. Deleting edges and vertices, but there's a subgraph of the same vertex degree uh, that is isomorphic to a cycle of order four now a cycle of order four is literally exactly what you're thinking of right now a uh, circle with four points on it i hope yes <laughs> a circle with four points on it cycle of order 10 is a circle with 10, 10 points, points on, on it. it so a cycle is exactly what you think it is uh, and because it has something that's isomorphic to that in other words the same thing cycles are clearly hamiltonian paths mm -hmm. uh as a matter of fact uh a cycle is kind of the degenerate Hamiltonian path, path in some ways. Uh, it's, 
it's actually that's that's a Hamiltonian circuit because it ends at the same place it started. Technically, yeah. you'd have to delete one of the edges to make it a path. Yeah. Yeah. Cody, you're not talking. Um, well, this is. I'm trying to picture this in my head. Unfortunately, I'm very bad at picturing stuff in my head. <laughs> so this is this is why I haven't done graph theory as of yet. Uh, well, actually, with graph theory, we generally write things on paper. Yeah, you draw the pictures instead of picture in your head. Well, I have no paper in front of me. Ah, ah, yes, okay, okay, <laughs> right, right, okay, there better, better. <laughs> For all of you listening at home, what I just did is show him a picture that was on my laptop. We all respond. cleared everything up. We all respond well to pictures. I think <laughs> pictures are... Well, that's, I think that's one reason why graph theory is so much fun. Okay, so with this, uh, anything that has a set of... Uh, a set of edges that connect to all vertices that's isomorphic to a cycle clearly has a Hamiltonian circuit. Mm. Uh, as a matter of fact, all that. Hamiltonian circuits are isomorphic to a cycle. Yeah. Because... <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, uh, graphs that cannot have Hamiltonian circuits, because there's some clearly that cannot and some that clearly do. Uh, any graph that has a vertex of order one cannot have yeah. a Hamiltonian circuit, but could have a Hamiltonian path. Can't have a circuit because you can yeah. start or end there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, if you go there, you can't leave. Yeah, you're, it's a dead end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I, I guess I should point out another thing about Hamiltonian circuits or Hamiltonian paths. Uh, you can't use an edge more than once, right? Well, you can't anyway, because then you'd be going back to a vertex you'd already been to. Not necessarily. Uh, think, think of this. Uh, think of a, a, a just a... Uh, you have a complete graph, so I have to, have to define complete graphs. All of a sudden, I realize I shouldn't talk about things I know about because I use a lot of jargon that I don't feel like I need to... Uh, every vertex So every vertex is connected to every other vertex. Now, imagine, uh, oh, yeah, because then you would have to travel back to a vertex you're already at. Yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. Okay. Sometimes yeah, see, I'm right. See, it doesn't I, happen very I, often. I understood but... it when Anthony said it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Are you saying he makes things overly complicated? I do. I like to talk, and so I tend to ramble in my definitions and thinking on things. Hmm. Well, and then, you know, he talked about that intuitive notion of traveling like a you know, walking, if I'm going to visit someplace once, then, you know, if I visit yeah, it, it again, I'm, I'm using the same path. So I, I, yeah, but yeah. 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 I mean, if you use a vertex, you've already used, clearly you're traveling. Mm. It's like on a road, yeah. you're driving down the same road that you just drove up. You're, you're going back going to back the same to place. Started. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so, um, so there's some, anything that has a vertex that only has one edge connected to it clearly doesn't. Any that has a vertex that has not connected to anything right? clearly doesn't. Uh, now, ones that clearly do, cycles, uh, complete graphs. Yep. If every vertex is connected to every other vertex, then just... Whichever one you're at, there's one more to go to. Yeah, yep. until you <laughs> until are back to your, the one you went to the first time. Mm-hmm. Um. But unlike Eulerian paths, there's no easy way to do a Hamiltonian path. Like, if you're given a random graph, 
Uh, and I do not mean random graphs in the Erdős Renyi uh, definition of probabilistic infinite graphs. Oh, those clearly, are fun. clearly, obviously, <laughs> those are fun. Well, I'm just any, anyone who's listening. Um, so if G is the class of all graphs, I don't want to say set because I have two fucking set theorists here who might yeah, yell at me about I'd, it not being a set. I'd sit here and oh, figure just, out the proof of why it's not. Oh, you just do Russell's paradox. I, yeah, but it's a Oh, you do like subgraphs or something. Yeah, yeah, there'd <laughs> yeah, be something in there. Subgraph of itself. Yeah, that's a subgraph of itself, and then if it is... Yeah, I, okay. as I said, a class, <laughs> the class of all graphs. Uh, then uh, for any G chosen from that, there is no proof that you can use or no easy algorithm to find a Hamiltonian path. Whereas Eulerian paths, yeah. there's an easy algorithm keep traveling uh because if there is one it's the same one every time <laughs> yeah there's only one eulerian circuit on a graph because you have to use every single yeah, you have to. edge yep. now this is actually at the heart of why the traveling salesman problem is np complete because the algorithm for finding hamiltonian cycles is not easy is np complete right hmm. and there we go Tie it back in with other discrete math things. So uh, for those of you who've, I mean, you've all taken discrete math at one time, right? Yes. yes. Okay, so what Once other things do you time. remember about graph theory? We didn't do graphs in discrete math when I took it. What? Yeah. You took a shitty fucking discrete math course, sir. I remember taking a class on graph theory, but not doing it in discrete math. Really? Did you only have one semester of discrete math? Yeah, that was probably why. Yeah, I, I, we didn't get to graph theory until the second semester. <laughs> yeah, I was, was only probably one why. semester. I only took one semester Okay, so, discrete, so. so you didn't get to it. Okay. I remember directed graphs. Digraphs. Okay, yeah. so this is a different type of graph. How is this different than... Okay. God, it's always in the name of graph theory. Like, clearly everyone's slapping their forehead. Like, why does he feel the need to define this? But we're going to anyway, listeners, because I said so! God, I, I seriously, I need to quit. I just, I, ha I have to stop doing this. Uh, <laughs> He's freaking out over there. Anyway, here's what I'm thinking of it. Think of it like a normal graph. So you could think of it as like a bunch of islands and a bunch of bridges connecting those islands. Except on any bridge, you can only go one direction. So you could think of it as like one of those moving path things. Or one-way really, streets. Or one-way streets. You can't go backwards. And actually, short story. We're working on this problem by Tarski, where... Um, the Bonnick-Tarski paradox. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, oh. it, it was in our That's set the only thing book. he did. Oh, no. He's done some other stuff. No, he didn't. Oh. No. Apparently, just... my example is no longer an example <laughs> because it does not exist. Exactly. No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, the point is, is we had these uh, partial orderings, and we were trying to prove something about these partial orderings. And it turns out that whenever I was trying to come up with an example, the way I would do it is I would represent these partial orderings as a directed graph. You know, something's less than something else if and only if I have two points with a line connecting. And if you're less than, the arrow would go from the greater to the lesser. Actually, I did it above and below, but you can also do it with pointed arrows. And so it turns out that our uh, combinatorics partial ordering theorem became a graph theory question well i mean the there's a direct like line between combinatorics and graph theory and it's not well, directed or it's directed in both directions i mean because graphs are combinatorial structures mm -hmm. yeah that's true 
so obviously common torques can do graph theory, but there are also some non, some things in graph theory don't think of as being directly combinatorics, but turn out to be very influential in like extremal combinatorics where, you know, you don't necessarily expect this finite graph theory theorem to be useful in. Hmm. Which is exactly the course where I saw graph theory. Combinatorics? Oh, it's a combination between combinatorics and graph theory. Same book, enumerum. So. Okay, so what, what's something I mean, that you remember doing? Oh, goodness. There's the coloring problems. Well, okay, so, I, I mean, what, what is a coloring problem specifically? Well, you try to label a graph by coloring it, but where it's no two colors, I mean, the color can't border itself. Okay, so, so specifically you're talking adjacent about... Adjacent ones have to be You're talking about colors. vertex. Well, actually, no, this can work for both vertex and edge colorings. Right. So if two vertices are connected by an edge, they cannot be of the same color. Right. Or if two edges are connected to the same vertex, they cannot be of the same color. The same color. Now, this, to, uh, this is the four-color theorem, which we've had an entire podcast on a long time ago. Hmm. Uh, how they used to do them is they used to have maps and they tried to figure out how to color each of these individual countries so that no two countries had the same color that were next to each other. And so you represent the country by a point. By the vertex. And, and the borders. Borders the, by the edges. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, and it becomes a lot easier to deal with them than actually coloring in these things that are bordering one yeah. another. Mm -hmm. You have this shock he, He's look just got this face. look on his face. <laughs> I can't quite describe it. <laughs> this is um, well. It's it, this is all very interesting to me, and I, I was going to take graph theory once, and I didn't. I can't remember what I took instead. When my advisor offered it for the only time it's ever been offered, offered. at UNLV last year. Yeah, you should have taken it. It's it's an it was actually subject. offered. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's been offered exactly one semester. It's the first time that he ever mm. taught it. I ended up taking a graph theory for high school teachers. And I think that my depth of knowledge shows that. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly have never taken a graph theory course. Oh. I do research in this subject, people. Uh, and I do research in something that's actually very similar to colorings. Now, Cody, you actually will be able to talk a little bit about this because you've looked over my shoulder while I've done research before. Uh, I, do, I do research in what's called labelings. Now... Uh, Labelings are slightly odd. I mean, there's edge... I mean, labelings are the same idea as coloring. You uh, color and you label an edge with some number or you label a vertex with some number. Except most of the time, they're edge labelings that induce vertex labelings. That's the most common way that these things happen. Uh, there's also a few vertex labelings that in, uh, induce edge labelings. And I'll talk about an example of each. I'll actually talk directly Could about my like research. Capacitors and circuits. and That's kind of what I'm thinking that's, of. That's the application of it. Uh, uh, signal processing, too. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, and so I'll actually give an example from my research, which I've been teasing on this podcast for literally two years at this point. Okay, and so what I do right now is I do something called integer magic labelings. Yes, that's right. I do magic for work. Math magician. Yes, I'm a, I'm a math magician. <laughs> Speaking of math magicians, you can listen to my interview with Art Benjamin over on Strongly Connected Components through acmescience.com. Really love these plugs. Also, feedback, Samuel, at acmescience.com. That's my email. 
Send me, send me a message. Also, you send me a message. I'll send you a copy of my, uh, uh, copy of my paper on this subject if you're interested. So I do magic labelings, and now what magic integer magic labelings are is you label all the edges of a graph with uh, members of some finite integer group, and you induce a vertex labeling using these edges by summing together the values of all the edges incident to a single vertex. So if you do think so of it as an electrical, yeah. like an electrical circuit, this is all the voltage or amperage that's going into coming a... into a capacitor, and then the amount of voltage that capacitor has is the sum of all of that. Mm -hmm. So I mean that's that's what we're doing, and a magic labeling is when you label the graph in that way such that all of the vertices are induced to the same value. Is there okay. any particular reason why they call that magic? Be is, there, is there a history there? Or? I don't honestly know. You'd have to ask my advisor, who I believe is one of the people who invented this type of labeling. Uh, <laughs> considering I've only ever seen papers done on it by him, or none written earlier than those written by him. Hmm. Uh, and and I think I think that they're magic squares. I forget how those work. Oh, maybe I do. You remind me though. I I don't honestly remember completely. Oh, I thought that there were like three by three, and each like row and column had to add up to the same number. Or yeah, something I think like so. That. And okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and so each row and column, sometimes even the diagonals have to sum to the same thing. Mm -hmm. So hence, magic labeling. Okay, okay. This is this is making a little more sense to me now. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, at least that would be the history behind it that I would guess at. It makes a bit of sense. Right? Or, or I, I, could, I, could, I could picture your advisor just doing it and being like, oh, it's like magic, and then... <laughs> You can actually you picture him doing that. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. You, can. you can't uh, picture a circuit, but you can picture him saying that. Yes. No, I cannot <laughs> picture my advisor saying that at all. I can always picture my advisor's flame, hair turning into flaming horns growing out. But <laughs> being a normal person, I always have trouble with. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just my problem with authority okay, or something. So now that is. A, an edge labeling that induces a vertex labeling. Now, I'm specifically working on getting the null sets of these. In other words, I'm only interested in the magic labelings of certain classes of graphs that uh, the vertex labelings all end up being zero, hence null set. Mm -hmm. Now, a vertex labeling that can induce an edge labeling, uh, there's, I believe there's one called a fr friendly vertex labeling. I, you can't quote me on this because I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but from what I remember is all the vertices of a graph are labeled 0 and 1. And then uh, the and if you think of them as Boolean truth table values, the edges would be the and operator. So if oh, both vertices are, that one, then it's are one. 1, then the edge is labeled if with 1. If either one. 1, 0, then it's 0. Yep. And so that would be a vertex labeling that can induce an edge labeling. I don't know anything off the top of my head that necessarily would uh, directly apply to that. I mean, maybe both both you parts of a circuit still... have to be on in order for electricity to flow somewhere. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It could do on-off yeah. computing like that. 
Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, that's the best that I can think of there. You, you know what I'm finding amazing right now? What? You can spend about 15 minutes talking about graph theory and be ready to do research. It's yeah. amazing. It's absolutely <laughs> it's like, amazing. We're, we're all ready to start drawing no, stuff up and no, proving that, things. Honestly, and... like I gave a I gave a talk aimed at an undergraduate audience at the last math fest in Pittsburgh on graph theory. And the reason I chose that is because graph theory is has this amazing thing that you can literally do just what you said. Talk about it for 15 minutes and be ready to do completely new research in the subject. It's probably even better than number theory because number theory's been mined. Yeah, number theory has been mined for 3,000 years. And graph theory is fair. You can still do... It's fairly easy to understand. There's I still plenty of stuff to do. I pumped out my first paper in like a month and a half. Yeah. It's, as a, it's my, a first semester graduate student. Hmm. I essentially Sweet. finished a paper. I was presenting within five months of becoming a graduate student because I was doing research in graph theory. Hmm. And it's also... Not only that, it's also a lot of fun because... If your friends ever ask you about it, even the non-mathematically inclined ones, <laughs> which, by the way, if you're listening to this, you don't have any non-mathematically inclined. inclined friends. And all your friends who are mathematically inclined, which admittedly, it's all of them, the intersection <laughs> is complete there. Venn diagram, you'd have one circle. Uh, you should tell them right now to start listening to our show. Please really tell all of your friends I, I've, we've been doing this for quite a long time, and I want to continue doing this, but I want to continue doing this for an even larger audience. So tell all your friends, people. This, this, is, this is my cry for help. <laughs> oh, crap. Peter listens to this. Uh, I just oh. cried for help again. Nice. Oh, man. Wait a uh, that must burn the hole. Uh, if, you, if you go to the blog post on acmescience.com for this, uh, we're going to have a couple of YouTube videos on there for the post for this show that will explain everything uh, gotcha. about about that comment. Okay, and so uh, I mean, in graph theory, you can explain it to anyone if you give if you have a piece of paper and a pen. You can literally within five minutes explain to somebody the basic ideas of graph theory and the founding theorem, the Eulerian path theorem, is one that if you just take a graph and you start showing it to them. Like, oh, that makes complete sense. Mm. It's a wonderfully intuitive subject that is not geometry. You have to unteach them to connect the dots they learned in kindergarten. <laughs> you have to teach them. They're allowed to I connect mean, them I arbitrarily. Always, I always say my research is things that I'm pretty sure that I did in kindergarten. Yeah. They're still connecting dots. They just have to learn different ways of doing it. Well, yeah, kindergartners, they're not very good at it, right? They do them all out of order anyway. So yeah, it's the same thing. They, they're, doing, they're probably they're doing doing the best at it, right? actually. They, have they don't have the preconceived notions. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's pure graph theory. They don't know how not to. Do, they don't know how not to do it. <laughs> Kindergartners do pure graph, graph theory. theory. Yeah, they go. don't. They don't possibly connect it somehow to signal processing because let's be honest, they're too stupid to know what signal processing is. Inexperienced. They're too inexperienced. Stupid. They're fucking stupid. When's the last time you dealt with a kindergartner? They're fucking dumb. Pardon. I don't know. Sometimes they're better than the college students. Oh, I'm not saying yeah. that they're not. Oh, okay. So maybe they start dumb and go downhill and eventually yeah. they come back up? No, no. They start <laughs> dumb and they go downhill. Oh, okay. That's it. There's no coming back. No. That. There's no coming back from that. <laughs> well, The only smart people in the world are in this room. Wow. 
or have at some point been on this podcast. What, a, what an incredibly nice thing of you to say, Sam. Thank you. He only really meant you. The rest of us, he was just being nice to. Well, I actually just meant <laughs> your beard. Uh, oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's your beard's just awesome, though. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. See. Okay, so let, let's talk a little bit more uh, about uh, other things. And now, another thing that you see a lot when you start talking about uh, graph theory is the idea of uh, flow. So th- this is something you're taking usually directed graphs. So we're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna tie together labels and directed graphs here. So you have a directed graph and you have a start and a sink. You have a start and an end essentially. Oh yeah. And you have a bunch of vertices and edges connecting those vertices in between. And so the the question becomes, uh, and you have labels along each one of those uh, exhibiting, say, let's say max flow. Max flow is an easy one to talk about. Can you have like multiple sources and sinks? You can, but it gets a bit more confusing. Let's just. Let's just say we got one of each. All right. Yeah, let's just say we have one of each and then realize that we could very well generalize beyond that. Okay. So you have a source, you have a sink, and then you have a bunch of vertices and edges in between all of the edges labeled with the maximum amount that they can carry. And so, so like, I, like a pipe with water or something. Yeah, yeah, no, it's exactly, it's water pipes. I mean, they, <laughs> they split out and like how much water can you get to that sink using all of these? Dude, I should learn graph theory to become a plumber. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> again, Anthony, for goal. making that even more clear to me with the water pipes thing. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that was for you. Not at all involved me with me making money becoming a plumber. And they're both muted. I don't want to deal with that shit. <laughs> really, I think this is the first time Cody's ever been muted. Sorry. Okay. And that's another thing. And there is actually a very easy algorithm for that, which I can't actually uh, explain. But if you look at it, I mean, it's, it's not something that an algorithm, an algorithm takes a decent amount of steps. But if you look at a graph that's labeled like that, you are probably pretty sure to figure it out. Just like you know that the maximum amount can't possibly be more than the max that comes out of the start. So mm-hmm. say there's three edges, each labeled with one. Mm-hmm. You can't possibly have a max flow greater than one. One, right. right. And it can't be any larger than the total amount that goes into the sink. Because, okay. I mean, if you only have two going into the sink and they're both labeled with one, you can't have more than two, two. Because not more than two can flow into that point. Mm. So there's a couple of very simple things, I mean, like that, that you can think of. Uh, and the last thing I'm going to talk about is actually trees. So, uh, what is a tree graph? A tree graph is a graph with no cycles in it, meaning no loops, giant O's with lots of dots. <laughs> I have to picture them in my head just like so. I'm talking to myself. I'm not even talking to you guys. Giant? What? <laughs> okay, so it's a graph with no subgraphs that are cycles. That are cycles. Okay. Uh, in other words, I mean, it's just if uh, if one vertex is connected to two other vertices, those two vertices are not connected to one another. Right. Makes sense. Sam, Sam, that was a great job of explaining it. Good job. You know, you, you are literally just, uh, oh, crap, I can't even think of patronizing me. It's his, no, it can't be his beard. That's his an awful, that's cool. an awful that big word for me, Sam. Patronizing. I don't even know what that means. Okay, stop <laughs> being patronizing, you ass. Uh, 
Okay, and so I'm that's trees, and one of the one of the other most important questions in graph theory tends to be, what is the minimum spanning tree of a graph? I don't actually know why this is important. Minimum, I forget how that works. Well, what's the uh, what's the smallest tree that uh, contains all the vertices of this graph? So you delete edges oh. until you get a tree, essentially. Mm. Oh, a graph! You take a graph that's not a tree. Yes. And you find uh, that's the part I was missing. <laughs> so you take a graph that's not a tree, and then you find a tree in there. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, oh, you can also have forests. You multiple, know what a forest is? Multiple oh. trees that are not connected to each other. No. No. That's what well, I thought when I first connected. heard it. Huh? Oh, maybe not. No, Apparently, no. I got it wrong. Mm. So, huh. on, maybe let's think about it. Is so a, you is have a, a bunch of trees, but oh man, yeah. is a bush a, a really wide tree? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, a forest <laughs> is a graph in which, when you delete any edge, the graph becomes a tree. Oh, I believe. Oh. Just that. I, I should really look that back up. Uh, <laughs> It's a forest graph. Why? Uh, so like a circle would be a forest graph? A forest is a disjoint union of trees. That is not the definition that I have always labored under. That's oh. not the definition that I have had used in textbooks about graph theory, which I have read in my spare time. Textbooks are always wrong. And if you used it in a paper, that means all the professionals are wrong and we're right which brings about i huh? heard this person today in the tutor clinic sitting there one of the tutors i won't mention who it wasn't you cody i'm not a tutor there anymore. oh yeah that's good. Right. you're yeah. not good but they're sitting there touting that zero is never a natural number i'm going well, it all depends on what you're reading some authors say oh. zero is a natural number yeah some say it's not well in it, my textbook it is it's not a natural number unless you're a set theorist but set theorists aren't actually mathematicians. Therefore, all mathematicians say that zero is not Okay, a, a forest is a graph in which every <laughs> subgraph is a tree. Proper subgraph? Not necessarily. That's where I got it wrong. Because if it's every proper subgraph, then you could actually have a connected graph. Whereas if it's every subgraph, the graph itself has to be a tree. Trees oh, don't necessarily gotcha. have to all be connected together. So it's not disjoint union of trees. That all the trees could be connected together into one enormous tree, mm. but every single subgraph of it is a tree. Tree, gotcha. That seems very intuitive to the notion of of forest. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, so whoever named that, look to you, smaller, I say, good call. Got a tree. Yeah, I could see. Uh, it. Speaking of, if you also want to name some things in graph in the mathematical world, study graph theory. I got to name a class of graphs today, and it turned out to be called bow ties. And I will give $5 oh. to the person who comes up with the bearded graph. Hmm. Wait, no, we see Sam hurrying up to... Oh, he's got one already. No, I oh. Googled it. Oh. There is no bearded graph. Okay, okay. so that is our... our uh, that is our request to you, our listeners. We're going to end graph. on an actual homework problem. So what we're going to do is 
everyone who's listening to this, I expect you to come up and define some sort of class of graphs. If you want to understand what a class of graphs is, go to, uh, say, Wolfram Math World and search all the planar graphs. There's a bunch of different classes of graphs. There's the caveman graphs. Well, those aren't planar, but there's caveman graphs. There's wheel graphs, fan graphs, grids, cycles, uh, complete by bar type graphs, complete graphs in general. Look at all that. It's, it has to be something that can be generalized for most natural numbers. But it somehow has to look like a beard. And it has to not be a class of graph that is already defined. Uh, we never defined planar, I realize. A planar is a graph that can be drawn with no uh, overlapping edges. No crossing edges. On a plane. Yeah. There or you a go. piece of paper. <laughs> uh, could be cardboard. <laughs> then you can make okay, it into and a box. So, uh, so there's, <laughs> two, there's two prizes here. If you come up with one that we can officially name the bearded graph, Cody will send you $5. Correct. And if you make it a planar graph, or in other words, a graph can be drawn on a flat surface with no crossing edges, a class of those, I will prove the null set of its integer magic spectrum and put it in my next paper. Integer magic spectrum. It sounds very sophisticated. So... <laughs> Make sure that you come up with this class of graphs. Once you come up with it, you know, just take a picture of, of what they look like and an explanation of what they are. S just wrap it up in an email. Send it to me, Samuel at AcmeScience.com. So for Anthony Solari, Cody Palmer, the new blood Stephen Fisher, uh, this has been Combinations and Permutations. We're pretty awesome. Thanks for listening. And there we go. Another episode of Combinations and Permutations is all over. If you want to leave any feedback, just send me an email, samuel at acmescience.com. Also, make sure to go to the iTunes store and leave us a review. It really helps more people find out about us. If you want to know more about the things that we talked about in today's episode, head on over to acmescience.com, click on Combinations and Permutations, and find uh, the title of this podcast. Don't really know what it is yet, but it is episode 55. The music on this episode is from SP12. You can find them over at opsound.org. And as always, this is a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike licensed podcast. So please feel free to take me saying Cody's beard over and over and over again and make it into the dance hit of the next hundred years. Thank you all for listening. I hope you come back for the next episode.